0: Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast, coming up.
1: Identify the root cause of your acne and what type of acne you have, because once you've figured that out, that will determine how you want to treat it. So in order to do this, you're most likely going to need to run a series of tests. And if you do not want to go down the route of working with a GP or a dermatologist, there are plenty of other options of working with, say, a functional medicine practitioner or a nutritional therapist. These types of practitioners specialize in hormonal health a lot of the time, and these practitioners can also order the tests that you need to confirm your suspicions and help you to create a targeted treatment plan that will actually address the root cause of the acne.
0: I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world-leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, The Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. Seventeen years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing and serving millions of people in person, on TV and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it would mean so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. This week, we are talking acne and hormonal breakouts, and also a little bit about eczema as well. And of course, as always, wellness. So my guest is Ula Blocksage, and she is a skin expert, a skin educator, a herbalist, and she is the founder and CEO of Distilled Beauty, which is an amazing skincare brand. So on this episode, she talks about her five top tips. To help hormonal breakouts. So, whether you're looking to reduce current hormonal breakouts, whether it be from monthly periods or from perimenopause or menopause, or whether you want to just sort of prevent that. So, maybe you've got really clear skin, but you're always looking to maintain that clear skin. Then, I know that this episode is going to help you so much. And just a little reminder if you want to learn, more about your skin, about what face yoga is right for you and have a little bit more of a personalised programme, we offer something called Face Yoga at Home. So you can book this via my website, just go to faceyogaexpert.com and click on sessions. And you can book either a one-off session or a set of sessions and you will be linked with one of our amazing face yoga teachers and you will be able to have a one-to-one session via Zoom or Skype or FaceTime, whichever you prefer where you can learn some key face yoga techniques and understand which techniques are best for your skin and put together a program that you can then go away and use on a daily basis. So it's a really lovely session to have. So just go to faceyogaexpert.com and click on sessions for that. So let's get into this week's episode with the lovely Ula. Ula, thank you so much for being a guest on the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you today? I'm very well,
1: thank you. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing really well. The sun is shining and I feel like spring is on its way. It just feels like there's hope in the air. I don't know if you feel that as well. Well, it's,
1: it's felt like that the past couple of days, but I must admit, yeah. it's been very grey today, quite overcast, but I'm hoping to get out this afternoon. The sun's supposed to shine at about five o'clock, so a nice afternoon walk in the, in the sunshine is on the list.
0: Get some fresh air, it's always good. I know, it's sort of my non-negotiable each day to have a walk in the fresh air, and as of yet, I haven't done it, so it'll be picking the kids up from school, and then maybe I'll take them out and sort of get some fresh air together, but I try mm-hmm. and do that every day, you know, it's just... Are so important. And that's something which the last year has, has really taught me, you know, getting out and just being around nature, even for 10 minutes, makes such a difference.
1: Yeah, it really does. I try and get out every single day. I mean, obviously, we're, we're now able to step outside a lot more easily than we were before. Um, and I'm quite lucky when I go to my office, which is in the, the town centre of where I live in Hastings on the south coast of England, I ride my bike along the seafront. So I get to see the sea in the morning. I breathe that fresh sea air. So that's generally my first sort of introduction, unless I do go swimming in the morning, I actually do cold water swimming. So I do that most days. And that's my sort of getting out into nature as my non-negotiable on an almost every day basis and it's yeah that wakes you up (laughs) in the morning. (laughs) Do you know I love this I feel like cold water swimming is just coming onto my
0: radar so often so I often do um, Instagram lives with Nicola Joss and I know that she does it so she was talking loads to me about it and then I did an Instagram live with a really nice guy that owns a company called The Happy Pair this morning it was a a 7.30am Instagram live so it was super early but he had just done a cold water swim in Ireland where he he lives at about 10 past six, he does it as the sun rises. And I feel like everywhere I go, someone is saying, I do cold water swimming. And yeah, it's just that you know when something just comes so often to you think, maybe I need to start thinking about yeah. it. It's not that I live that close <laughs> to the sea, actually. So for me, but a lot of people do it in the rivers around Bath, although I don't know if I fancy the river, they're a bit bit grim the water compared with, <laughs> <laughs> compared with the sea but Nicola said to me Nicola Josh said to me just start by doing a little blast of cold water at the end of your shower and that can be so therapeutic in itself
1: it really can be, you know, and, and I'm not an expert at all and I'm not as informed as, you know, maybe the guys from The Happy Pair are by any means. Um, I only started swimming on a daily basis when it was still lovely and warm outside in August last year. And that happened because, you know, I live one street from the beach and so I was really taking advantage of being able to step outside. And I really do think that it was brought on because we were, you know, we had, we've had so many lockdowns and at that point it was just one big epic one at the beginning of last year. And I was just drawn to be outside and feel that connection with nature. And I, I just needed to have that reconnected feeling in a, on a daily basis. But if I hadn't started in August last year, I definitely wouldn't be dipping in the sea at the moment because it's absolutely freezing. You've got to build your, your, tolerance, <laughs> your tolerance up to, as it gets colder because I think the water's currently five degrees or something. It's wow. very cold. Wow,
0: that's yeah. super cold, isn't it? Particularly for doing that in Ireland. You know, that's even
1: further up north. Oh, My goodness. It would, it would be so cold. Yes. And up in Ireland for sure and I love those guys by the way I follow them as well they're fantastic they're so full of life and joy oh, they and yeah yeah, really infectious. Super cool. It's funny, yeah. I mean,
0: I didn't know them till last week um, when they sort of reached out to me and said, do you want to do an Instagram Live with us next week? And I said, yes, but loads of people have said that. So that is great to hear. Well, Ula, I think we should um, get on with the episode. <laughs> I feel like we could just talk forever on everything. But I have got so many questions to ask you and I know you have got a busy afternoon. So we will start just by... Talking a little bit about your journey, because I'm so, so interested in how you got into the skincare industry and when your interest in skin and wellness as a whole
1: started. Yeah. So, I mean, thank you for asking. I think my interest in skin really started when I was a teenager. And that was around about the time that I started to experience some issues with my skin. As a lot of teenagers do, I was getting acne, but that really progressed quite a lot over my teenage years um, and into my adult life. So when I was getting it as a teenager, you know, it was just very minimal amounts of acne. Then it started to get worse. And so I saw doctors and dermatologists and they prescribed me all kinds of different medications and prescribed topical treatments and they just weren't working for me and where I was at at the time I definitely went on the pill for a number of years and that just over time wasn't a long-term solution I also tried every single over-the-counter medication, or sorry, topical treatment that you can you can find. This was back in the early 2000s, so there's been a lot of advancements since then in skincare. But back then, you know, the acne treatments were tea tree oil and uh, witch hazel. And although sometimes those treatments can work, they need to be used in specific quantities in order to get the ideal sort of benefits from them. So yeah, my interest in skin really started in my teens. And I managed to start really being able to get on top of it through different lifestyle choices, managing my stress because it's all interconnected, which I think we're going to talk about um, in a bit as well. But I did try going down the medicated route and it didn't work for me. And so after having tried that, my skin just exploded as soon as I stopped any any type of medication. And I knew at that point, this was in my early 20s, that that was not going to fix the root cause of my acne. So at which point I got really interested in herbalism. Um, I began to study herbalism and the the power of plants um, and taking them internally to sort of boost vitality and how they can help balance hormones. And then through studying herbalism, I began to realise that I had a particular interest in the topical application of plants. So after the diploma in herbalism, I went on to study a diploma in organic skincare formulation, where I really began to delve into how to produce products that that were one hundred percent natural, high performance, and would have a significant effect on my skin, whilst obviously maintaining other sort of lifestyle changes in the background and seeing functional medicine practitioners, uh, etc., to help me sort of deal with the with the root cause of my skin, my skin issues. So, yeah, I started in in my teens being interested in skin and that has now manifested into a skincare range that I created over the past seven years of my life, which was released just over three months ago now.
0: Wow, that is just an amazing story and so much of what you said echoes with my own story. I suffered from really, really bad acne in my teenage years and same as you, tried so much. Eventually, I think at age 17 or 18, went on the pill for a few years and actually when I became very ill with with ME, I was very ill and sort of bedridden for about 18 months and that's when I got into my wellness journey. I came off the pill and obviously... I was working with myself much more holistically, which cleared my skin up. But what I'm also so interested in now, from a personal point of view, but definitely something which I know is going to really help the listeners, is just sort of understanding a little bit more about how certain lifestyle changes, certain herbal remedies, certain formulas can help our skin in our adult years, because most people listening to this are far away from those teenage years and they are adults now, but maybe still prone to the occasional breakout. Maybe it's hormonal, maybe it's monthly, maybe it's to do with perimenopause or intermenopause or even coming out of menopause. So I would love to hear a little bit more about preventing and reducing those hormonal breakouts if you do have any sort of tips that you could share with us.
1: Yeah, 100%. So when an individual starts experiencing hormonal breakouts, I guess the first thing that we usually turn to is their skincare routine, because acne is something that manifests on the complexion. So it's the, our first thought is to treat um, acne topically. So this can indeed like be highly effective, but this is simply treating the symptoms and not addressing the root cause of the acne itself, which is something I mentioned very briefly earlier. So I think firstly, it's important for me to speak a teeny little bit about the different types of acne there are and give some advice as to how to potentially identify the root cause of acne itself. So I think it's important to note that not all acne is the same and unfortunately not all treatment plans work for everyone which is super frustrating I know (laughs) but all types of acne are in one way or another they are hormone related but there are definitely also very different types of acne that can manifest on the skin that are not necessarily referred to as hormonal acne. So For example, I'll just give a bit of of, of an example as like a different type of acne. So your insulin levels, for example, can affect sebum production. So sebum being the oily, waxy substance produced by your body's sebaceous glands, so your skin's natural oil. So your blood sugar levels can affect sebum production. And this can be problematic if your pores are, say, blocked and not regularly exfoliated, as this can cause comodones, so acne, to appear on the skin. However, this manifestation of spots is not necessarily hormonal acne, even though it may feel like it because it's painful and inflamed so when we use the term hormonal acne this generally refers to acne that is more often than not appearing on the lower part of the face so we're talking about the jawline the cheeks and the neck so if you have acne in this area you more than likely have what is called hormonal acne because that's that's the area that it generally manifests in but like I said it's a little bit more complicated than that so in some cases it can manifest all over the face the back and the chest and this is most likely hormonal acne. To be more specific, when an individual is experiencing acne in this way, it's definitely worth looking into something that is called, I don't know if you've heard of this before, but PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome. So, it's probably a good idea if you are experiencing rather extreme acne of this sort of kind to take some tests to figure out where you stand because ultimately... When it comes to acne, we've got to identify the root cause to be able to figure out a plan that's going to be most functional for that individual. Having said that, please don't freak out. Not everybody has PCOS that has hormonal acne, but it's definitely worth considering if you have extreme acne or if you just do have it on your cheeks, your jawline and your neck, because when you identify the PCOS, that can help you create a really targeted plan. But in terms of like (laughs) my top tips of reducing and preventing hormonal acne i just wanted to mention that before because it kind of gives a bit more of an idea as to what hormonal acne is because i think it can be quite a term that's used to encompass a lot of different types of acne but i think the top tip i'm going to start with is quite obvious and that is identify the root cause of your acne and what type of acne you have because once you've figured that out that will determine how you want to treat it so In order to do this, you're most likely going to need to run a series of tests. And if you do not want to go down the route of working with a GP or a dermatologist, there are plenty of other options of working with, say, a functional medicine practitioner or a nutritional therapist. These types of practitioners specialise in hormonal health a lot of the time and these practitioners can also order the tests that you need to confirm your suspicions and help you to create a targeted treatment plan that will actually address the root cause of the acne. So, those tests can manifest in sort of like maybe a stool test or they look at the health of your gut. They look for any intolerances you may have. They'll probably check for candida growth. And they'll also look at your lifestyle, diet, sleep, stress levels, etc. So it's a really holistic approach to healing the skin and understanding why you have the acne in the first place. Because if you're somebody that has dealt with acne in the past or are dealing with it right now, I think it's very easy to want to just go to Dr. Google and buy all the supplements that you think are going to help your skin, like you know, cod liver oil or zinc or anything like this. But when you take supplements, you're obviously just treating the symptoms. You're not identifying the root cause. And when you take supplements without proper guidance, you can then throw your body out in another way. So I would say that if you are dealing with Something that you are considering is hormonal or could be related to gut health or any intolerances, it's a good idea to just speak to a functional therapist because they will really help you crack down on it and, and develop a really good plan. In terms of just like some other things, if you don't feel like your skin is extremely bad, but you do suffer with spots, um, and this also does apply to people who do have hormonal acne, it's just anybody with spots in general. I think the most important thing to do that you can do today before you start checking in with a functional therapist would be to check in on your own lifestyle so this includes quite a few different points the first being sleep (laughs) so sleep is your absolute best friend and I think that a lot of us have realized this over the past quite a few years that it's becoming more prevalent to speak about lifestyle and wellness and well-being and looking after yourself and it's important to remember that we do need about eight hours every night of sleep, of rest. And this obviously can change from one person to the next. But, you know, if you listen to your body, you'll see what you need as an individual. And it's so important because the body repairs and renews itself whilst we sleep. So it's definitely extremely important to get enough restorative sleep time in. The next couple of points I would I would say is exercise. So Firstly exercising to the point where you break a sweat is really important for skin health a sweat has been known to hydrate the skin which sounds crazy but you know you think you're you're kind of like sweating it out but it's staying on the skin for a time so it is hydrating the skin it's also fantastic at purging the skin of bacteria oils impurity and dirt so it's actually fantastic for acne prone skin but make sure that if you like to exercise and you've got to the point where you break a sweat it's incredibly important to wash your face straight afterwards to avoid any of that sweat sitting in the pores and potentially causing any any breakouts And another point in that lifestyle tip would be stress management. (laughs) Stress is always going to be there. I know that that's a very sort of broad thing to say. And doctors and dermatologists and even functional practitioners all of my life have said to me, you need to stress less. And I am definitely a bit of an anxious and stressy person. And I have had a lot of spots throughout my life. But it really comes down to how we perceive, manage and react to the stress. And this is something that I've learned over many years. This is what is really important. So it's finding ways to manage stress in your life that work for you as an individual. And again, it's like it's not a one size fits all sort of thing. So whether that's meditation or, as you said before, taking a walk in nature, that's super amazing to help reduce stress levels. One of my favorite things to do whenever I'm feeling a little bit stressed uh, breathing exercises and that can be like at any moment in the day you don't have to set a time aside a specific time in the day to do that you could literally whilst you're waiting for the kettle to boil take a few deep breaths or whilst you're sitting on the toilet <laughs> you could do it then as well and that's really going to help decrease stress levels and it's something that you can do every single day and that will definitely help the health of your skin. So lifestyle is a massive point and there's food and, and and diet in there but I would recommend speaking to a functional medicine practitioner or a nutritional therapist on that because I'm not a dietitian or nutritional therapist by any means. Just a couple of other points because I do have quite a lot of tips when it comes to skin. I would say change your pillowcase regularly because if you do have spots on your cheeks and you're not entirely sure if it's hormonal spots Your pillowcase can transfer the oil that's been in your hair and then that can transfer onto your cheeks. The same can be said for the cleaning of your phone. Make sure you clean your phone daily. If you don't use hands-free and you put it against your cheek, that can also cause comodones to manifest on the skin. And try not to touch your face if you can help it because that just aggravates. Don't pick your skin. That makes it worse. Try not to squeeze the spots. That will make it worse as well. And obviously my tips wouldn't be complete unless I spoke a little bit about skincare products, because as I said, although it's extremely important to treat the root cause of what is creating the acne in the first place, it's really important not just for the physical like the appearance of your skin but also mentally because when we take action and do things ourselves that we can see visually that actually helps us deal with things internally that helps deal with the anxiety that is associated with something like hormonal acne plus the topical benefits of those skincare products so the First tip in that I would say is to get to know what is inside your skincare products. So you need to turn over the box or the packaging and look at what's called the inky list, which is also known as the ingredients list and research any ingredients you feel could sound a little shady <laughs> or that you <laughs> or that you can pretend to mean, like not pronounce at all and then I would suggest googling that and getting informed as to what it is and then you can make an informed decision as to whether or not you want to place that on your skin because it's not so bad now but back when I started making skincare about eight years ago A lot of products back then contained endocrine disruptors, hormone-disrupting chemicals and synthetic preservatives. And a lot of products, mainstream products, still do. And that can affect your hormonal balance, which can throw your hormones off kilter and can cause hormonal issues, hormonal acne. And once you've got yourself clued up as to what's in your skincare products, the final tip would be create a strong and consistent skincare routine. And this is paramount this is like a non-negotiable thing if you have hormonal acne or acne of any kind or if you just really care about the health of your skin as I know you do Danielle and I'm sure that a lot of people are listening here do you really need to take care of your skin from the outside as well so for example it takes an average of 28 days for the skin to fully go through a cycle and renew itself. So you need to be patient and consistent because any real change is only going to be properly noticeable after that sort of period of time. And of course, some products, you know, you will see a difference within a couple of days, but for longer lasting results, you're going to want to check in in about four weeks time before you dismiss a product completely. And then when I say strong and consistent, I mean cleansing your skin without stripping it completely on a daily basis. So at the end of the day, wash your face with a non-stripping cleanser. So that could be a balm cleanser, a cream cleanser. So a cleanser that's gonna remove your makeup or any dirt or grime or environmental debris that's attached itself to your your skin throughout the day. And then you want to double cleanse. So the first cleanse is when you remove all of the makeup and the grime and the second cleanse is where you begin to treat the skin. And after you've cleansed your skin, you're going to want to treat it again to an exfoliant or a mask a couple of times a week because it's really important to keep the pores unblocked so that when any sort of sweat sits in there, if any excess sebum is produced or any sort of debris sits on your face that can just be from being in a polluted environment it won't get stuck under the the dead skin cells and cause comedones so you want to exfoliate your skin quite regularly and use an exfoliant that is not too abrasive not too harsh just gentle enough to remove any dirt and grime and any dead layer of skin cells And then last but not least, you need to hydrate and nourish with a non-comedogenic leave-on product. So I think a lot of people who suffer with acne tend to want to shy away from using things like oils on their skin. But when you cleanse your skin, you are essentially removing the sebum, the the natural oil on your skin. You're, You're essentially removing it from your skin. And so once you've removed it, unless you replace that oil your skin will start to overproduce the sebum so that hydrating nourishing product that you're putting on your skin could be a facial oil it could be in the form of a serum with humectants in it so something like glycerin that draws moisture to the skin and keeps it there it could be something that contains hyaluronic acid but it's just anything that's really going to hydrate and nourish the skin and stop it from feeling tight so that the skin doesn't start to overproduce oil and potentially cause more spots (laughs)
0: Ah, wonderful (laughs) oh my goodness i was just listening so intently to that they are the most wonderful tips and i would agree with every single one of those and i think What I like most about what you said is, you know, how you can really reach out to experts, whether it be doctors or dermatologists or functional medicine practitioners and nutritional therapists. And, you know, it is important to say that people don't have to suffer. I mean, there are so many people who do suffer from acne at all all ages, all from occasional hormonal breakouts and just sort of think, oh, well, this is just the way it is, or I just have to live with this, or I have to just accept this. But there are so many people out there that can help you. So I love that you brought that up. And and something else I really loved about what you talked about is how it is very much a holistic approach. I mean, it's what I, I talk about all the time, but I'm such a believer in that. And I know you are as well. It isn't just about one magic bit of medication or one magic pill that's going to transform things or even one magic product that's going to change the skin. It really is looking at a, a 360 approach in all areas and combining everything from skincare to lifestyle to nutrition. There's so much in it. So those tips were Absolutely fantastic. And really, I would imagine that anyone suffering from any skin issues, whether it be eczema or rosacea, really, they could take a lot of those tips that you shared for those as well.
1: Absolutely. I mean, again, eczema is a skin condition that manifests on the complexion as an indication that there is perhaps, again, another underlying issue. But eczema is also a bit particular that it actually can be triggered by external factors as well. So it's definitely take into account everything that I've just said uh, there because it is really important, as you said, to, to not feel as though you're alone. Reach out for help and try and approach looking after your skin from a much more holistic approach if possible because that's how you're really going to treat the root cause but when it comes to something like eczema i think i said just then that it can be triggered by external factors and these external triggers that can cause an eczema flare-up you know they can include anything from like synthetic clothing to natural fibers like wool clothing that can cause an eczema flare-up alongside Irritants such as specific types of soaps or detergents. I know that dry skin, when it becomes quite chronic, that in itself can turn into an inflammatory dry skin condition, such as eczema. And eczema again can be brought on by food. So that is a little bit in in the lifestyle section I spoke about before. But then again, it can be brought on by dust mites and pollen and molds. And actually, molds, again, that can cause acne as well. So it's an, an interesting thing to look out for in your home if you are suffering with acne. Check your home and, you know, leave the house for like a, if you go away on holiday and when you come back after a week, <laughs> if we can never go on holiday. And <laughs> when you come back, check in and make see if it smells moldy or musty in your house, because if it does and you have spots, that could actually be signaling that there's something going on in your home that could be causing a health issue that's in your body is is trying to show you that it's got something going on internally. And that's the type of acne that you have. And then also, again, stress, <laughs> emotional stress can definitely trigger an eczema flare up. I mean, I know when I look to myself, I've had eczema, bouts of eczema in the past. And if I look to a few others that I've helped in the past with eczema, stress is very often a real trigger for eczema. So again, like look to figure out what's triggering the eczema and the root cause and try and like eradicate that if you possibly can, because eczema can be extremely painful and so very itchy and and extremely hard to deal with so yeah it's it's not a nice thing to to have to have manifest on your body just as 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 acne isn't very nice either absolutely and you've talked
0: a little bit about how at times you suffer from stress and anxiety do you have a wellness routine or any rituals that you use to lower your stress
1: and to keep anxiety and tension at bay uh I touched on it very briefly before and that's my sea swimming. <laughs> I do meditate, which I think is a really incredible tool that is available to everybody. But some people do find it harder than others. And when I say meditation, I don't mean, you know, sitting there cross-legged with, you know, your, your hands in the mudra and, you know, focusing on on your third eye or nothing at all. Or, you know, however you've taught to meditate, it doesn't even have to be like that. So My favorite way of meditating is when I go in the sea. So when I go in the sea, I don't, I'm not a big swimmer. I mean, I I can swim, obviously, and I enjoy swimming and being in the water. But for me, being in the sea is my daily wellness routine. It's my ritual. It is my meditation. And the way that that works for me is when I get into the water, there's nothing quite like it if you're stepping into water that is really quite cold. Because when your body goes into sort of into a little bit of shock, (laughs) when your body touches that cold water, you can't actually do anything except focus on your breath. You're not thinking about what you need to do at work that day you're not thinking about what you need to pick up from the shops later or any stress that may be in your life you know you step into that water and all you can do is gasp for breath and then start focusing on on your breathing so I would definitely say that ever since I started swimming last year my stress levels and in particular my anxiety levels have significantly decreased and alongside that I would definitely say uh, yoga that's uh, a big part of my life Not as much as it used to be because sea swimming has really become a new ritual for me that I absolutely adore. But yeah, yoga, meditating and sea swimming are definitely amongst the top things that I do to keep on top of my wellness yeah
0: 100% that's three really amazing things and like you say you get in nature and and do walks as well so I mean that combination is is fantastic and if you were to share just one top tip for inner peace and feeling good that you would like to maybe teach or share with our listeners what would that be that's a really
1: lovely question actually and even though I can I can go off on tangents and be quite manic sometimes, <laughs> 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 one of my uh, one of my favourite spiritual teachers would be Eckhart Tolle, and mm-hmm. he has really helped me remember to to practice presence and and being in the present moment to be okay with where I am right now and accepting where I am right now in the here and now because when you're somebody that suffers or rather is is dealing with anxiety, you often look to the future and you're overanalyzing everything and you're trying to figure everything out. And that's, you know, in a general way of speaking about it can be a way that anxiety manifests in, in the body. Um, that's just one of many, don't get me wrong. But the thing that I've always brought myself back to is the breathing and that's something that Eckhart really speaks about that's something that I've learned through studying yoga is you always come back to the breath because the breath is the life force and so breathing deeply you know you fully spread that oxygen throughout your body and that helps in itself I think spread a feeling of inner peace and it always just makes me feel okay with where I am now (laughs) I completely
0: agree with you and if I was to pick one tip as well it would also be breath breath and gratitude I think if you do those two things you know what a what a difference it really makes but our breath affects everything and just taking those few moments to focus on our breathing can transform mind body skin so I love that you pick that technique that's amazing Anula, I know that people will want to get in contact with you learn more about your lovely products follow you on Instagram so
1: could you let us know where people can do that Yeah, for sure. So if you would like to see the skincare creations that I've made, you can head to www.distill.co.uk. So that's that's the website. And the Instagram handle is distillbeauty, so all attached. And yeah, come and check it out. And you're welcome to connect with me there. Send me an email if you have any questions about acne or eczema and how to treat it. I mean, I, I didn't really go into how to topically treat eczema nor acne but I can definitely give you some tips on of, of, of ingredients you can look out for that will really help soothe the skin um, help inflama- inflammation if you have either of those inflammatory skin conditions and yeah just if you want to have a general chat about skincare I love it so you're <laughs> welcome to connect I'd love that very much
0: amazing thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest on the podcast ula thank you lots and lots of gratitude to you
1: oh lots of gratitude to you as well and i'm i I apologize if i ramble i do ramble and that's i get quite excited when i speak about skin so it tends to happen i love excited
0: (laughs) excited is brilliant (laughs) thank you so much thank you thanks again